Hello everybody and welcome to So What Happens Next. My name is Thomas. I'm Amber. And this week we are continuing our little mini DC run with the really new to us but maybe not as new as it could be. We're a little late on this one. It's Wonder Woman 1984. All right. So how are you doing today, Amber? Doing good. You excited to watch Wonder Woman 2? Well, I wouldn't call it excitement. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> well, did you not like Actually, the first Actually, the one? opposite. <laughs> did you not like the first one? No, I liked the first one, and then the reviews came out for the second one, yeah. which, you know, is really hard to avoid on social media. Totally. But I guess people, a lot of people didn't like it. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Thanks. Yeah, that's kind of what I was hearing too. I, I I try to keep it away and chalk it up to the whole. Ever since Star Wars: The Last Jedi happened, I've just tried to chalk a lot of the criticisms to like female-led films nowadays to just angry incels online getting pissed off about a movie, and I'll wait to watch it myself to make that final judgment. It's just it's just too easy with all the review bombings and shit that happen. I always get like really skeptical when like. Oh, well, I like the first one all fine, and then the second one's really that bad? Are you are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. It just seems weird, and we'll get into the five things and why I think it's kind of weird that this one allegedly doesn't do very well, but we'll also find out if it's good in a few minutes. But go ahead and check us out on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and, you know, we make regular posts either about jokes, memes, or just random posts about what we're watching and what's going on. And you can reach out to us there. We're also online at SWHN19.com where you can find all of our episodes for both this show and small screens. And one more disclaimer before we really get into it. Spoilers for Wonder Woman 1984. Not yet. After you hear the little intermission music though, it's going to be Spoiler City up in here. So let's get down to it. Amber, we are jumping in to Wonder Woman 1984 here. Mm-hmm. Neither of us have seen this, correct? We've, yeah. We've only at most seen trailers. Yeah, we, we haven't. I can say like from my perspective, yeah, I haven't I seen that. Yeah, I think trailers and pictures. Yeah, memes. images and whatnot. Right? <laughs> yeah, there was that running meme with Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Which I guess doesn't really spoil the film, but um, No, it's it there. doesn't, but it tells you like who's going to be in it. It tells you, yeah, people yeah. who are involved, which I guess trailers do too. So yeah. that's something. But up on the board, as always, I have five things for Wonder Woman 1984. And number one is that Chris Pine is making a comeback. He died. Spoilers, I guess, also for Wonder Woman 1. Chris Pine is the love interest of the first film and dies towards the end. Heroically, kind of in a very uh, Captain America 1 way, flying a plane off and exploding much to you know Diana Prince or Wonder Woman's chagrin he comes back in this movie this movie is like 40 oh no not 40 because that first movie takes place in World War One right yeah so this is like 
70 years later. This is like a long ass time later, and he comes back in this film. How? I don't know. I never thought I'd get this far. Well, that's what we're here to find out. (laughs) (laughs) Number two uh, is that the villain Cheetah makes an appearance in this movie played by Kristen Wiig of Saturday Night Live and just general comedic fame. Uh, The three, this movie obviously takes place in 1984. So I think we're really... I put that there because ever since Stranger Things, there's been this sudden like media fascination with the 80s like a recent i think it's just like a nostalgia thing maybe but yeah so this movie takes place in 1984 uh the original director for wonder woman patty jenkins came back to direct this film as well so we're not like juggling directors here and getting a completely different vibe or whatever and finally this movie so amber whatever you come up with has to encompass two and a half hours worth of time. So, this is one long-as-shit superhero movie, and it only's got one superhero in it, unlike Avengers or something like that. So, Amber, with these five things, what the hell's going on in this movie? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like 80% of it is a love story, and the rest of it, the 20% of it, is actual, like, action. Okay, so... So how like lay this out for me? You got two and a half hours to play with. What what what's going on? How is Chris coming back? What the fuck is Cheetah doing here? What why are I we? I don't know around? how he comes back. I'm kind of just like, do they resur- Do they pull like a resurrection of? I don't know. It seems to be we're resurrecting a lot of people true, apparently. True. Marvel and DC movies, so we're just gonna resurrect him. I don't know how, but I'm sure there's like some equivalent of like the Mind Stone, right? But like different in DC comics, and so they're gonna use that to bring him back for whatever reason because it's like he doesn't really need to come back. I thought it was good that they ended it the way they did in the last movie, yeah. So, yeah, I just don't see the point. But anyways, (laughs) he comes back and, you know, Diana's all like, oh, my gosh, the love of my life. For the first time in forever, there'll be music, there'll be light. And so, you know, they're just kind of like hanging out, doing whatever. Then on the flip side, there's this guy that's kind of like a Lex Luthor, but businessman is what it looks like. Played, that's Pedro Pascal's character? Yeah. Okay. And I guess he's wanting to take over the world or something and yeah. convinces like Kristen Wiig, a.k.a. Cheetah. Cheetah. Yeah. To help him out. And he does some weird experimental shit with her to where she turns into a cheetah. Hopefully oh. does not look like fucking the people from Cats Ooh. is my worry. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. Because these... I saw some little yeah. tidbits of that trailer and I was like, oof. Yeah, I don't think I've seen what final form Cheetah looks like here. Yeah. I've seen the, like, I think there's a clip in the trailer where she punches Wonder Woman and really sends her flying. But she's dressed in, like, cheetah fur clothes. She's not, like, looking like an animal like she does in the cartoon or something. So I'm like, 
I'm kind of looking at you. Know, you have a good point. Like, are we doing a cats thing here? <laughs> like, are buttholes going to be involved? Is there a butthole cut of Wonder Woman '84? <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening here? Okay, and it all happens in the '80s. Yeah, it all happens yeah. in the '80s, I guess. And that's kind of like her arch nemesis, I guess, right? Like Cheetah. So I guess so. I'm not a hundred. You know, I'm not really super clear on like the Wonder Woman lore. I guess it's Cheetah, right? Like. Yeah, like I think Cheetah is supposed to be the equivalent of Wonder Woman, except she's a lot more like um, she's narcissistic and mm-hmm. she's like all kind of like into herself and stuff like right. that. So it's just like if like Wonder Woman was like that, that's what she would be. Okay, I so. want to say off the top of my head that Cheetah in the comics and whatnot, mm-hmm. and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to double check while we're watching this movie. But I want to say that Cheetah was like a, like, it's one of those, like, med lab accidents gone wrong. Okay. Like, she was like a doctor. Yeah. Who was like, like, a, I think it's like the lizard. I think there's different kinds, honestly, but right. yeah. It's like the lizard, though, in Spider-Man. Uh-huh. How, like, Dr. Kurt Connors is like, I only have one arm and I'm experimenting with, like, reptile, like, tail regrowth. And, like, oh. she's doing something similar. Something goes wrong with, like, cheetah DNA, maybe. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. But yeah. that seems to be the only thing I didn't really think she sense. was a scientist, but again, she probably could be. I feel be. like she is, but, you know, it's also, like, you don't think half the supervillains are scientists until you're <laughs> in their origin story so yeah. you never know okay uh do you think that this movie's gonna have like a do you think this movie's going to stay consistent with like the first one in i mean maybe not quality since it sounds like some of the reviews weren't too great but like in overall tone and vibe i mean we do have patty jenkins back to direct and frankly i think she did a great job with the first one so you know i liked it i enjoyed it i think the last act of the movie was a little like meh, stereotypical superhero film where they're just duking it out but what do you expect to superhero film um so like what do you think what do you think on that note like the director doesn't change keeping it the same so like how are you you think this movie is going to be a completely different animal do you think it's going to be like oh yeah it's just more of the same or do you think it's maybe even not going to meet that bar that the first one did I don't think anything is as good as the first one for like any series, especially when they make like number two and number three. It just seems like it gets worse. Um, it, in special cases, you do have series where it's amazing. Yeah, I think Terminator Two: Judgment Day would have yeah, some words to say, like there. things like that. Right. <laughs> but I think with this one. I think she'll probably keep it the same because that's what worked the first time. Mm-hmm. But you can only do so much, I feel right. like. Like I feel like, yeah, we're gonna get a little bit more insight into Wonder Woman herself and just humanizing her more. But right. other than that, I don't know what else you could do. I think it kinda makes it funky too, right? Like with the the setting it in nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Kinda makes it weird. Cause like at the end isn't the end of the first one, it's like the present day. Yeah. And she gets the picture. Yeah. From Bruce. And it's like, oh, yeah, that picture of that. It's like, okay, but now we're just going to. There's clearly going to be an emotional weight here with Chris Pine coming back, yeah. right? We're just going to, like, gloss over it. <laughs> let it. I mean, I guess maybe you can. Maybe you can sit and say, oh, it's because the DC universe is just poorly, like, or their expanded universe was rushed and poorly, like, concocted. But it just seems kind of weird that it's like, oh, yeah, that, like, awesome picture. Whereas, like, they were together in the 80s and Bruce Wayne could definitely find pictures of the two of them i'm sure in the 80s just based on the trailer so like 
What? Um, as for me, I have no idea how Chris Pine comes back. It's actually been like the one thing that makes me curious about this movie because it just seems like there's no, unless there's a plot device I don't know of, which there very well might be. It just seems like there's no like reasonable way he can come back 70 years later and have yeah, not aged a day. Yeah, unless it's magic. <laughs> right, unless there's some kind of, like, and that's totally cool. DC has tons of magic shit, like like Dr. Fate and stuff like that. And if or they want to go there, cool. Him. Yeah, maybe it's like a, I don't know, their DC a equivalent of a, scroll, of a scroll or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You're an imposter! Yeah, I don't know. Because like to me, I'm like, there's so few ways to where you could be like, he comes or he, back. he ends up being the bad guy. That would be interesting. That would be kind of a I twist. That that's what direction it would go in. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, he comes back and it's going to be like, you know, Diana being like, oh yeah, like I'm so happy you're back. But at the same time, I'm really hoping that, that Jenkins nails it right. And that like foreboding kind of like this has got to be too good to be yeah. true. It's been 70 fucking years. I'm an immortal demigod. You're a dude. This shouldn't yeah. happen. <laughs> um, I think at the same time, I'm going to get Cheetah. I mean, based on like the trailer that I saw, Kristen Wiig just seems kind of like sort of down on herself. And like, I'm just so incredibly average. And I feel like it's going to be one of those. And I think it's going to be kind of annoying, really. It's like, you ever seen Iron Man 3, Amber? No, like, I did not watch that one. It's not great, but like <laughs> Iron Man three, and I mean, here's a, there's a running theme. Like Iron Man three is not that great. The Amazing Spider Man two isn't really that great, but what? And then this who doesn't sound like it's doing too hot, but who knows? You have that like nerdy, geeky villain in the beginning, old and busted, and then they become like super powered hotness by the end. New hotness, and it's just like. Can we be done with this already? Like, yeah. what, what? I get this, and I kind of hope this doesn't do that. But like, I mean, I get what they're trying to do, right? It's because Marvel came out with like Thor Ragnarok, and they're coming out with all of these like really hip, mm-hmm. like sort of movies. Um, because like, if you look at like the colors even and stuff like that, yeah, it's very similar right. to Thor Ragnarok, and that did really well because it was just very different well it was different we were used to before and Taika Waititi is a fucking fantastic yeah, director like yeah. holy shit not that Patty Jenkins isn't but I mean like it's was such a t- shift in tone I mean if you watch especially because you watch Thor 2 and it's so bad and then you watch Thor 3 and you're like this is the best Thor movie they've made so far like holy shit yeah it's you know it's really wild but yeah, you're totally right. They're they're kind of keeping with that super hyper colorful like up aesthetic and stuff like that. And of course, they're like playing all the, you know, 70s, 80s, well, in this case, 80s music going on. And it's just like, okay, cool. But, you know, again, it kind of always boils back to me where it's like, it just all feels like aping Stranger Things. Not so much Thor Ragnarok because it was like colorful space shit. But this and like so much other stuff, it's like the 80s. And just like, right. So like all the people that are nostalgic for the eighties have finally, you know, are working in the industry and they get to do that stuff. That's cool. You know, it's going to happen with the nineties. It's going to happen with the, with the aughts and all that. So on and so forth. It's always going to happen. But like, we, I just feel like we're doing stranger things shit where it's just like the music, the aesthetic, the ancient ass technology, la, da, 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 da. it's the eighties. And it's just like, okay, cool. Like, can we please? And that's why I really hope this is not like a solid hour of just like, fish out of water jokes 
in like a three levels, right? So you have like a dude who died in like the early 1900s, mm-hmm. dies, and then is whisked into this world where there's computers and oh, all this shit. Gonna there's going to be, and that's fine. It, it should be there. It would actually make no sense if it wasn't there. But I don't need a solid hour of that along with the added layer of irony of watching it in 2021. And going yeah. like, this is a computer. It has over 16 megabytes of memory or something crazy like that. I mean, we've been watching WandaVision. That's like... But, see, but they that's do it in so such a cool. cool way. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I could totally see them just doing that with this movie. Just like, oh, it's the 80s. Yeah, like, look at this. It's got a whole gigabyte of storage on it. And everyone's like, whoa. And I'm in 2021, like, looking at my terabyte of fucking storage on a phone or something like that. Going like, hmm, that's so fucking funny because it's so fucking ironic. Or, you know, some other outdated, outmoded joke. Technology's just easy. But, yeah, I think I think Cheetah's going to be one of those nerd characters that turns, like, super villain hotness and it kind of doesn't prove a point other than like nerds are evil at the end of the day <laughs> like <laughs> if you bully someone they'll turn into a super villain and if you don't they'll stay a passive nothing i guess i don't know that's what iron man 3 kind of was but that i think is going to wrap up our preface for wonder woman 1984 you have any final thoughts after talking about this before we dive into this movie here amber i don't think so you ready ready as i'll ever be yeah. well <laughs> if you guys will give us just a few moments of your time while we go and spend almost three hours of ours as we go ahead and watch Wonder Woman 1984. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. So, Wonder Woman, 1984. We just spent two and a half hours watching this movie. What? What did we just watch? I don't know. I think we watched three different movies, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Absolutely agree. This movie was a lot different than what we kind of, I think, threw out in the beginning here, you know. So let's kind of take a look back at the five things we threw out, you know, in the beginning to kind of build this movie off of, and we'll take a look at them. So the first of our five things was that Chris Pine returns. I gotta say that's only kind of. Like, Chris Pine's back. But his character is only kind of back. Yeah. And it's like... It's like his soul is... Right. Harbored in a different person who looks nothing like him. And no one has a problem with that. Which was weird because they only use that guy like once or twice, right? Yeah. So in the beginning when she first sees him Mm. and then at the end when she basically leaves him. And sees him again. Like, she's the guy yeah. at the end. Which is, like, stupid because... So, basically going into it, right? Right. Um, where, wherever Diana works, which happens to be the this Smithsonian. museum... The yeah. Smithsonian. Oh, yeah. it's the Smithsonian. Yeah. Um, they find this rock that has magical powers, but is a monkey paw, monkey's paw. Totally. So, if you make a wish, like, something, you know, it's... You get, like, bad effects. Right. And so, she wished for, you know, Chris Pine back... But it's not really Chris Pine, which I was just kind of like, that sucks because you're making out with somebody else. Like, right. where is that person's soul? Like, <laughs> like for those of you who who 
this is a little like out of my generation for sure, but I remember growing up with the show. If you've seen Quantum Leap, there's Scott Bakula ing Chris Pine. So like assumedly the rest of the world is seeing this rando. Yeah. But Diana sees Chris Pine and Chris Pine's the one doing most of the legwork here. Yeah, which the other guy is just like we don't know. Like, yeah, he's just a dude. Like, I really wanted to see what happened at the end when he, like, woke up and was like, right. what the hell am I doing? Like, like I haven't been at work for, like, weeks. What the... F- Which, you know? like, that's the only thing that, like, kind of makes some sense here is, like, the world almost ends, so probably no one gives a shit that this guy didn't show up to work for a that's few days. True. Like, everything almost collapsed. So, I guess... Like, he lucked out. But, I mean, if you woke up and it was, like, two weeks later from when you remember going to sleep, I'd be like, wait a minute. (laughs) What the hell just happened? Yeah, this movie was strange. So, like, let's, let's, before we get to the next one. But, yeah, this movie was was strange. And it was, like, two to three different movies put together. The first being kind of, like, Diana getting her like the love of her life back Mm -hmm. but at a cost because like as amber pointed out this is a monkey's paw so you got to pay for your wishes with things and for her it's her superpower goddamnness which they elaborate on more in this kind of right like she's got god powers in this movie like it's kind of they're kind of doing like a jack of all trades here thing so like Correct me if I'm wrong, but like Wonder Woman was always just like, I got super strength and I fly around in an invisible jet and I got my lasso of truth, my tiara and my, my wristband things that block bullets. And the other Wonder Woman, we'd, we've kind of defined like, okay, she's like a demigod and she could do this smashy smash thing with her wrists <laughs> and make a big explosion. Okay, cool. Like, whatever. That's fine. In this one, she's like spider manning around with the lasso. I'm like, that's cool. Like, it's a functional way for her to get around. All right. But then later she can turn things invisible. Like they steal a jet from the Smithsonian, which I don't really understand because I didn't think those jets flew, but okay, whatever. And then she's like, Chris Pine's like, oh no, they'll see us or whatever. And she goes, oh, hold on. I've been learning how to turn things invisible. I'm the invisible man. I'm the invisible man. Incredible how you can. <laughs> and the invisible jet is born. And I'm just yeah. like And don't forget the flying. And yeah, then they fly and she flies. Yeah. But only was like she, kind of, which I didn't understand. Yeah, was it flying with style? Like, you know, Buzz like, Lightyear, like right. not really flying. That wasn't flying. That was falling with style. Just like, could like, she float and has to like propel herself? Because that's what she was really doing. Because she was like I like she learns to fly. Yeah. And then she's kind of flying Superman style. Yeah. Fists out and all. But then she'd take the lasso and like grab some lightning and like fling herself forward. Yeah. So I'm like Which she can control lightning too. Right. Like she has all these crazy <laughs> powers now. And I'm like, yeah. this is And we just kind of gloss over them, like Right. And I'm just like, okay, I get you know what? The lassoing the lightning kind of cool like daughter of Zeus thing cool all right that's fine flying I'll take it she could fly in the Justice League cartoon that's fine okay pick one I don't know why you need to do both but but cool but then it was just like 
hold on, let me turn this invisible with my magical powers. I was like, okay, this is, I get the invisible jet, haha, awesome, fan service, whatever, but did we need it? I mean, couldn't we have done something else here? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? But yes, all of these wonderful and spontaneously appearing powers are like being taken away and her strength is being taken away and all this other stuff. Which wouldn't be a problem if it wasn't for number two on our five things list. And movie number two, you could argue. Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. Which was an interesting... Like, I kind of wanted that movie a little bit. Like, if it wasn't for Pedro Pascal in this movie, that's what I would have wanted. Like, I would have wanted the Cheetah movie. Where, again, we are, like, we dread it at the top of the show. We're doing the nerd thing mm-hmm. where she's picked on as if she's in high school, even though she's a grown fucking woman. I know. She's a fucking doctor. Right. Like, literally, doctor, you know. A gemologist, which I didn't know was a thing, so. I really thought they said geologist, so I must have I think that. it's a part of, it's a part of geology, right? Because she studies rocks, just specifically yeah, gemstones. Yeah, and there are people that study, like, gemstones, right. so. So, you're right. She is a geologist. She's a really specific geologist. Yeah. So, but she actually does something, and right. she has a job and everything. But yeah, people still. But see, that's treat the thing like is they don't. The only person I think who treats her like shit was that like handsy, rapey guy in the park. Yeah, that's true. Everyone else just kind of like doesn't notice her. Notice me? No. Like, because, like, the museum person comes out and goes, oh, Diana, do you know who, and I can't remember her name, but says Cheetah's real life name. And she goes, oh, that's me, Barbara, whatever. She goes, you know who this Barbara person is? And she goes, oh, that's me. You hired me. And she's like, oh, great. Well, we have this, you know, and then we have, we found this fucking rock that Grant yeah. us. We need you to look at it. And it's just like, I can understand that, like, But even her personality but. was kind of flat. Like, I right. was expecting more, you know, like, somebody that was like Wonder Woman, who's, like, very intelligent and mm-hmm. everything. It's just, you know, coming from the other side. But she was more like, like, there was one part where they were talking about being in love. And obviously, right. Wonder Woman has been in love. And she was like, have you ever been in love like Barbara? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, so many times. And right. I was just like, you are a grown woman. That's, like, that was my problem But she didn't with act this. like that. And they were trying to... It was as if it was a high school like, thing. Yeah, like yeah. a high school. High school never ends. But you're grown woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I hated that. And I also hated how like the only way you would get noticed is if you're like, you know, overly sexual. Right. Like that was the weird thing I didn't understand. And I didn't like those parts with like Pedro Pascal when he was just kind of like obviously using her. Right, right, right. But... Like, yeah. we'll we'll talk about Pedro Pascal in a minute, but frankly, just to spoilers for that, I think he does a fantastic job playing the skeevy 80s businessman in this movie. No, I think he does job. well. I just felt disappointed with what they did with her character. Oh, because absolutely. Because I was just like, oh, we're going that route again, where it's just right. like, let's have the, you know. The quiet, nerdy, yeah. looked down upon character becomes super powerful to get revenge on all the bullies. Yeah, like, but then also it's like, I have to be sexy and like you know everything right. just to be taken like treated you know right and that's what was confusing to me was was so 
her whole thing is that she sees Diana, who's like this gorgeous woman getting all this attention, and she's super, she's not only that, but she's also really smart. Like, she kind of is like, oh, this is Latin, blah, blah, blah. She goes, oh my God, like, you know, Latin, like that, you are so intelligent. Like, I wish I had the life I think you have. And that's what she wishes for, is she wishes she could be like Diana, which I feel like they caught themselves halfway through this movie writing themselves into a corner. Because, like, the first thing that starts happening is that all of a sudden the dudes start noticing her, and she starts, like, looking in the mirror, like, oh, wow, I look really good. I look good. And then the weird shit starts happening, where she starts noticing that she's, like, like, they sort of set it up, like, she can't really walk in heels. All of a sudden, she's, like, jumping on chairs on, like, one foot while wearing, like, a really high stiletto heel, and, like... She rips the fridge door off in her apartment and she's noticing that she's becoming this like superhero. She's and she's not stupid, so she puts together like, oh my god, Diana is this Wonder Woman person. And I guess the cost was like her humanity or something. Cause she's a nice person. Is the, the, what yeah. they're trying to set up. And this is I feel what you were saying when it's like, I wish we kind of elaborated on her in more like depth. Because they try to do it where there's this one off scene where she, when she almost gets like raped in a park. And Diana saves her where she gives a homeless guy some food that she buys, like she buys him some food from whatever restaurant her and Diana go to, gives it to him in the park. And he's like, oh, he he like knows who Barbara is. They clearly have this relationship. You know, she gives him, she gives him food and he's like, oh, thanks. She's like, yeah, blah, 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 and goes on with her day. And then dude gets all handsy. Diana beats the shit out of him and they go on. But it's like, that's it. That's all you get that she's like a good person. The rest of the time she's just like a nerd who wants to be noticed. There's nothing like inherently good or bad about her. She's just like a person. And all of a sudden it's like she's evil. (laughs) She's super powered and she's evil. Yeah. And I'm like, is the implication the cost was that she lost her humanity or something like that? Because the other flip of it is they play it like she's no I can't go back yeah which I feel like isn't so much a cost as much as it's just like yeah fair enough if your life sucked and your life is amazing now and you don't see any worse than what it is fair enough I think they wrote it into a corner though because the logical conclusion before she cheatifies herself is that she would have become the demigod that Wonder Woman is true right which is super problematic, apparently, because you have <laughs> all these crazy powers. Like, she kicked, they have a whole fight in, like, a Reagan-era wash, uh, White House. Reagan smash! Reagan smash! And afterwards, she's hanging out with Pedro Pascal, and she's like, I don't want to be like anybody anymore. I wish I was, like, an apex predator, like, something no one's ever seen. And that, somehow, equals... Cheetified Kristen Wig seems a little weird, but okay, like yeah. fine. And there's like a fight, and Wonder Woman wins, and they just go on with their day. <laughs> that that is the cheetah movie. Like what we just described is kind of the cheetah movie within this, and it feels kind of flat because we're not spending enough time on her, and yet we're supposed to be like she's the rival. I would argue Pedro Pascal is like the big bad in this movie. Like he's the dude. I'm the dude, so that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. And that kind of, sort of, the way he acts in this, 
leads us into our third one. This movie is obviously set in 1984. Uh, the last three on this list were that Patty Jenkins directs it, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. And that obviously this movie was two and a half hours long. So this movie takes place in 1984 and Pedro Pascal is driving home that skeevy eighties businessman. It's like watching that episode of Futurama where they, <laughs> they thaw him out. It's like that, except he's so evil and he's just like sharks are winners and they don't look back cause they don't have necks. Necks are for sheep. I don't think he's evil. He's just like, well, he becomes kind of, he's greedy yeah, evil, Yeah, he right? gets very greedy. Right. Um, especially turning himself into the, the lamp, basically. Yeah. Genie's lamp or whatever. Which was a cool twist. Yeah. I kind of like, like, I'll say, for all they, the flaws, I liked that. Yeah. I think they did too much just having him and Cheetah in the right. same movie. I would have rather had I, one or the other. Mm-hmm. But he definitely had the better part. I think just because for sure like he definitely came off super skeevy and once he got a hold of this like gem he was just like oh my god like I can just make all these wishes and I grow powerful the more wishes that are made this is kind of another plot hole issue is like so the stone when it's a stone the magic lamp as Amber Mm -hmm. put it takes something in return for your wish yeah and that something appears to be almost random yeah the stone just takes something so for Diana, it was her superpowers for Chris Pine. And for Kristen Wiig, I guess it was the fact that she was a good person. That's about all I could tell. Yeah. But then Pedro Pascal plays, plays the big brain move. He plays a character named Maxwell Lord. And he's like, I wish I was the stone. And I'm like, damn, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> the stone disintegrates and he essentially becomes it. So if someone's touching him and they everybody gets one wish, so he... If he's touching them and they make a wish, he can tell them. He can choose, all right, I'll give that to you. And in return, I'm taking X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Which plays to his advantage a lot. Like he tries to get oil from some oil baron in Egypt. And he's like, I already sold my oil to the Saudis. And he's like, well, then, fine. I'll give you control over your whole sheikdom. But I'm taking your entire security force with me. And uh, later, later, Tater, (laughs) we're done here. And like everybody just leaves. And dude is like, And it's like, okay, cool. Like, that's kind of neat. You got, like, kind of a, a Wishmaster thing going on. Awesome. But, like, at the same time, I guess the thing that the stone takes away is, like, his health. So, like, each wish makes him Well, think about sick. it. A stone is kind of like, you can't really destroy that right. unless you try really hard, like, right. with something that's even like like a diamond or whatever right like if you had like a diamond drill or something yeah, then yeah. yeah you could like probably break that stone yeah. Yeah, yeah you smash it but like with a human like you're like you know you have body parts and shit like right. that and like that probably doesn't go well with like being you know grand wish master or right whatever. yeah that's a lot of energy which like is what i'm stored. wondering is is the Damage to Pascal's body, mm-hmm. the result of him being the stone, or is it the thing he lost in the wish? No, that's what I think it is. You it's think just, it's just like yeah, this is what this is energy. why it was a rock. Like yeah. this is why it was an inanimate object because yeah. it's just it doesn't matter. Exactly. I like that better because then it's sort of like, well, wait a minute. If you are the stone, how are you having that take away from you? Because there's nothing to take it away. Like it's it kind of becomes this weird paradoxical thing. 
Doc, what do you mean? I foresee two possibilities. One, coming face to face with herself 30 years older would put her into shock and she'd simply pass out. Or two, the encounter could create a time paradox, the results of which could cause a chain reaction that would unravel the very fabric of the space-time continuum and destroy the entire universe. Granted, that's a worst-case scenario. The destruction might, in fact, be very localized, limited to merely our own galaxy. Which, like, speaking of paradoxes, is kind of my other problem with this movie. As pe- It's like the whole twist that they find out is that the stone was made by some trickster god. And, like, thousands and thousands of years... Over thousands and thousands of years, people have, like, picked up this stone and everyone started fucking wishing. And then, like, it always ends in societal collapse. So they're like, oh, the Romans had it and then the Mayans had it and then all these people fucking had it and, like, shit just went to hell. And, like, in the end, everybody is fucked. Because this wish just, the the wishing stone just takes away enough shit to where everything's chaos. And that's what happens, like the whole planet. Like Pedro Pascal's whole deal is like, ooh, there's this like weird American satellite system that can project particles to everybody's TV everywhere in the world. So if I get in there, the particle stream, I'm technically touching everyone. So (laughs) everybody can wish. And I'll have billions of people wishing on me. And I can give them everything they want. And I can take anything I want. Including like their organs and shit. So that I don't die. And I'm like wow. That's a lot. And like I have to be honest. By that point in the movie I was like why are we doing this? Like I don't understand. Why do it with everybody? Because at some point like. Just make yourself healthy and move on. Yeah, like you only need one person. Right. I would think maybe like one or two. Right. Like you don't need, you know, billions of people. Why do you need to have everybody (laughs) in the world wish on you? Yeah. Because like his whole goal is to make this like failed oil business work. Yeah. And like kind of impress his son. Yeah, but it goes like kind of crazy, like way beyond that. And you kind of get lost in it. You're just like, what's the point now? Like, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you got the, you achieved your goal, but like, why are we doing more of this? Because there's not like a drive. It's not like he's like, Oh, I'll make more money or I'll whatever. He like, it's said that his whole thing by the end is like, I want to have the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. But like, how are you achieving that like this? Because it, it's like a give and take. It's like he doesn't seem to comprehend that like the more he gives and then the more he takes, the more his health is lost. So mm-hmm. it's just like diminishing returns over time. You can take people's health, but at some point you're taking people's health and you're trying to take the world and there's not enough people to do both. So I don't really get it, but that's the direction this goes. And it's all kind of in the name of like, impressing his young son who and it's also because they like randomly do this flashback towards the end of Pedro Pascal is like bullied by like kids and his father's abusive to him and his mom and it's like well why didn't we get this two and a half hours ago (laughs) where was this setup like humanizing the villain like what where have you been Harry how wonderful to see you dear but yeah you know we do that and the whole idea is that the best way to fix this is to renounce your wish and yeah. to get everybody, either you get everybody who wish to renounce it or you destroy the stone. And it's just like, this is where that paradox comes in because mm-hmm. like Diana renounces her wish. Obviously Chris Pine goes away. Kristen Wiig doesn't, she never, she refuses to do that. And then it ends with Pedro Pascal renouncing his wish mm-hmm. right there. 
the movie should have been over. I know, but it's like everybody had to do it. Everyone had to do it. Even though, you know, if he is the stone. Then he's stopped. If he really, like, like, if he, because we see it. When yeah. Wonder Woman... It's like dominoes. Well, it's it's just like, it should rewind everything. Like, that was their easy out in this movie. Yeah, because it started with him. So, if he renounces his right. wish, then that means technically nobody else could have gotten wishes. You're right. Because <laughs> that was like an easy cleanup for this yeah. world-ending event, right? Is you go... What happened in the movie was that Wonder Woman, like, lassos him and is just like, Oh, everybody in the world, you can hear me you renounce your wish and everything will be fine. And has some speech and everybody does it. But in my mind, I'm like, if Pedro Pascal says, I renounce my wish, then everything goes back to the point from before he became the stone. Mm -hmm. And the only people who have any wishes going on is Diana and Kristen Wiig and the coffee guy. Yeah. Which coffee guy, his was just that he wanted coffee. (laughs) And the monkey paw effect was, it was a little hot. Like that was it, <laughs> which I thought was funny. It yeah. was a nice like he gets coffee. He's, Ooh, wow, thanks! And he drinks it. Ooh, that's really hot. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like we're dealing with a monkey's yeah. paw. Fine. Oh, so it's a sort of monkey's paw. You have to be careful with the hubris in your wishes. Want a little pain from you? <laughs> but like right there, right? Like you yeah. could you could keep Cheetah. As a villain for future use, mm-hmm. you could bring back Chris Pine if you wanted, but at the end, you could really have ha- you could have put your like emotional goodbye between Pine and 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 Godot mm-hmm. at the end, as opposed to like weirdly in the middle of the movie where he's like, "You got to take the wish back, or else you can't kick their ass." And it's like you could have done it like kind of not twice, but you could have like done it once and then done it again, like have like one last day together, you know. I think that could have been cool. And I also don't think it could have t- had to take tw- two and a half hours to do. But you do get like an emotional reunion between Pascal and his son, which I really liked. I don't, <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't have liked it, but it was there. And they did a really good job where the kid's just like, I was never not proud of you, dad. And the kid, you know, Pedro Pascal's just like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> a terrible father. <laughs> this is the worst. Yeah, between this one and the first one, Amber, you know, Patty Jenkins directed both, and she was, like, really praised for the first one, you know, we're really like, hey, look, a woman directed a movie, and, you know, it's amazing, and as you guys have all heard, there's some big differences in our opinions as far as, like, how great this movie is or not. Your opinion between this one and that one, like, what are some major differences that made you go whichever one is better than the other? I think the first one was just more fleshed out. There wasn't a whole bunch of stuff going on. Really, actually, I don't even remember like the first one that well. So, I think the but, first one was a lot more linear for sure. Like, yeah, you're not it was wrong. definitely linear. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen the first Same. one, but from what I remember, it was just like a lot better, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it a lot more because. We weren't just like, oh, Diana can do all this crazy shit, like, you know. Yeah. Because that was like, it was Diana before Wonder Woman. Right. right? It's kind of the origin story. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like, it was a lot more linear. And I think performance wise, I don't feel like they gave Gal Gadot enough to do in this movie. Like, on like a character scale. Like, she did a lot of like beat-em-up stuff. There's a lot of like 
Wonder Woman in an action sequence. And mm-hmm. it was cool. Like, there wasn't even wrong with it. But it was just, like, in the first one, she was able to bring this, like, really great, like, naivete fish out of water to, like, the world of men, as mm-hmm. they call it. And it was, like, really fun to watch that because not only was it funny, but it was, like, she was doing a really good job being, like, I knew, I'm going to do it my way. Like, we're just going to go fuck them up. And everyone be like, you can't just go fuck people up. Like, <laughs> like there are there are rules in our society. You can't just go. It's not like we live in a warrior island anymore. You got to do things a certain way. We live in a society. And seeing that clash where it wasn't just she's always wrong because, you know, she's not from here. But at the same time, she's not always right because she wants to do it a different, better way. There was like a really cool blend of that. And I think it built really nicely on, like, her and Pine's romance. Like, it didn't feel, like, shoehorned in. Like, it felt like it was pretty natural. They had great... They still do in this movie, too. They have great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Like, they work really well. And just was, like, fun to kind of watch it up to the third act when there's, like, this twist. Spoilers for Wonder Woman 1. But there's, like, a twist, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, it's kind of a smart twist because it's like, oh, the guy who's trying to stop the war... Is just kind of trying to prolong war, in a manner of speaking, because he's the god of war, and it kind of keeps him powerful. And it's like, oh, that's pretty smart. Like, why end war when your quote-unquote end of a war is just, you know, prolonging it forever? Yeah. This movie didn't do that. This movie kind of just was like, all right, you guys got Wonder Woman. You know Wonder Woman's about. Let's just go. (laughs) (laughs) And it was... There wasn't as much conflict, I feel like. Like, I really would have liked to see more of the effect, the wish. Because we got a couple... We got... I know we were, like, hoping we wouldn't get the montage joke fest of, like, Chris Pine not understanding the 80s. But I think he did a good job kind of... I wanted this more, but he did a good job with what they gave him of, like, bringing that naivete to the 80s. So, like, where he taught Wonder Woman, I wanted more Wonder Woman teaching him, you know? About, like... I know this this was your world, but it's way different now, and I know it better than you. So, mm-hmm. like, check it out. And, like, they almost catch it in this really cool scene where they're standing outside the Washington Memorial. And, like, which it takes that long to just to establish that we're in D.C., by the way. Like, they don't do anything to tell you where the hell we are. Like, they don't even name drop the Smithsonian, I don't think, for a really long time. And then they show you the Washington Monument, and I was like, oh, so we're in D.C. <laughs> like, And that's, like, a good 20 minutes into the film. But um, if not longer, because there's that whole intro on Themyscira that really just didn't fit when they're doing like a Olympics or something. Um, but yeah, they had this great scene where he he like looks up and he sees his jet, which you got to remember in like World War One was not a fucking thing. <laughs> um, he sees this jet soaring over and he's just like, holy shit. You're reminded like he's a pilot, you know, and he sees this fucking yeah, amazing and then thing. She, they go to like. The Space and Air Museum. Yeah. And he sees, like, the astronaut, like, or the person, the astronaut, get up. Yeah. And then he say, sees the actual spaceship or whatever. Yeah. And he's just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, he does a really great job of being like, oh, my God, this is like, you could only dream of this yeah. when I died. And now yeah. it's like, my time is finally it's a normal thing. Like, mm-hmm. we're in the 80s. We've yeah. already gone to the moon and all this <laughs> other shit by now. Yeah. Whereas that was barely a dream in World War One, And it's just, it was really fun to, like, kind of watch that. And I really wish we got more of that instead mm-hmm. of 
what like all this other junk going on yeah. like especially with pascal kind of like running around trying to grant people's wishes and not really establishing why he nailed it by no means does he do a bad job in this film really no one does a bad job in this film i don't think um and then of course the last thing on this list is that it was two and a half hours long and if you haven't caught on by now we don't really think it should have been that long <laughs> <laughs> amber what are your thoughts on the runtime of this movie having watched it now I think it was way too long. But again, they had like three different plots, so that's why it is two and a half hours. <laughs> totally. They crammed a lot in here, and I kind of wish it was like you had your cheetah movie perhaps set up by your Wishmaster item, and then maybe end this one with Pascal getting a hold of the rock and make him the really big bad in Wonder Woman 3, right? Yeah. Because it just seems like that would have been the move. You know, kind of prolong it, stretch this out. I also just this movie's so fucking long and it 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 really like gets a little too big on itself I think when the world starts collapsing and then we solve it by not doing like a hokey time travel make everybody forget thing because the other DC movies happen later right like Justice League yeah. happens after and we don't talk about it <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about how the world almost ended that one time in oh, the world almost ends like a hundred times I think this is just a fumble on DC's part. Is it's just like, ah, uh, yeah, you know, we wanted to have these big catastrophic events. And, like, it started kind of working, right? Because, like, Batman versus Superman and Justice League talk about, like, the Man of Steel film destroying Metropolis. Yeah. Did it, Patrick! We saved the city! Cool. Apparently it happened in 1984, so you guys should have been prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all should have known better. I'm sorry. <laughs> But I think that'll do it for everything Wonder Woman 1984 had to offer. Amber, standard deal out of 10. What do you give this movie? All two and a half hours. I think I'm going to give it like a five. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What's the like reason? Like I'm kind of in between. Yeah? Yeah. What's your reasoning for the five? Like what, what's driving you towards that midpoint? Because it's on? not bad. As bad as I thought it would be given the reviews and stuff like we talked about in the beginning but i also think it wasn't as good as the first one um there were a lot of things that they just didn't hold on to um yeah that they did in the first one that made it like that really set the tone for the entire you know wonder woman uh genre or whatever you want to call it but yeah, I think it just got away from them. I feel like it just, yeah. yeah, like Patty Jenkins, like I feel like it just like she didn't hold on to that. Right. Um, and it just came out kind of like, oh, like, okay, like, you know, that's it. Like, right. it didn't have the same feel as the first one. I agree. I think the characters didn't have the same feel and it didn't, it felt like like Diana as a character grew, right? Since the first one. Because yeah. obviously she's like, acclimated to this world but it was almost like your character's done cooking and we have to give her something to have conflict with so yeah. like we can get Chris Pine back in I didn't quite understand why Chris Pine couldn't have a body because Same. the wish thing at some point gives Reagan I mean, it's like a bunch magic. of nukes yeah. and the nukes disappear yeah. and reappear and I'm just like why couldn't it poof a body for Pine? Unless, like, again, it has to be like, matter can neither be like created nor destroyed. But it does! Because he makes the nukes! But the nukes could have gone... 
uh, came from somewhere else. Like we oh, don't really know. Oh, do you think know. it just moved? The yeah. News. Okay, because I was like, I don't understand. This thing is clearly able to. Like, I don't make know. Shit this appear. is just we didn't really talk about like the rock itself, like. We just know some right. god made it. And they don't do enough with the rock. Like, they barely read the incantation. On. They're yeah. like, place this upon the... And then she drops it. And she's like, oh my gosh, the language of the gods. And I'm like, okay, but like, what does it say? <laughs> what does the thing say? What are the rules? Tell me. Ropes. Well, we're going, we don't need ropes. I think I would give this movie yeah, I could six out of ten, I think. It was way better than like the vitriol people were throwing out about it. Like people were saying this movie was absolute hot stinking garbage. And yeah. I'm like, it was not that I'm sorry, it was not <laughs> that bad. Not but, as bad as what we've watched. No, we've watched far worse than this, and this wasn't the only thing holding me back from say watching it again mm-hmm. is the runtime. Yeah. That's really it. Like, I'd be more than happy to watch this film yeah. again, but two and a half hours is a long time. But I will admit, I didn't really feel it. Like, when we were watching the movie, I didn't feel like, oh my God, are we done yet? I was like, it moves at a pace where you're more like, wow, this script really got away from that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, it ends up where it's like, oh, so the world is ending. Yeah. Like, wow. You know, this started where it was just somebody wishing. Maybe for it's just powers. because it ended up on HBO Max and not in theaters. Oh, I so this is like the, yeah, the quality, yeah. like definitely because the parts with her wig, I was like, that was oh strange. my gosh, you, you had how right. much money to spend on this, and her hair is coming off. Like, right? There are a couple <laughs> that was really weird to me. It was like there are a couple scenes in this where like it's her like makeup was just not. It was not. Yeah. There. It was weird. I'm like, you can tell, like, oh, she's wearing a wig. I shouldn't know that. Yeah. Right? Uh, you do also get that random uh, OG Wonder Woman cameo at the end, which I saw coming oh, yeah. like a mile away. I forgot about that because I forgot about the whole little armor thing, which really doesn't amount to anything in this movie, but whatever. There's like a magic armor and this past Themyscirin Amazon woman <laughs> like stayed behind so everybody could escape or some shit and have this badass armor. And, like, Diana's been hunting her down but can't find her and just found the armor. And, of course, at the end, we get this, like, cameo from Linda Carter who, like, swoops in and saves somebody. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you. And she's, like, just been whatever amount of shifting your weight or some shit. And uh, I've been doing this for a long time. Wink. And walks away. (laughs) And I'm just like, yeah, look at that. And it's like, okay, cool. I guess that was fun. I thought it would come up sooner, but, you know, whatever. But, yeah, this movie, I guess Amber's giving it a five. I'm giving it a six. It's, watch it if you like superhero movies, cause you, but don't expect anything more than a superhero movie. That's just what you're going to get. Yeah. Two and a half hours of superheroing and wild shit happening. <sighs> but <laughs> we're going to take a break from superheroes, I think, for a week. Uh, Amber, what are we what are we doing what are we doing next week on small screens? So next week we will be covering the expanse. That's right. We just finished season five of the expanse and it is a slow burning doozy. Um <laughs> <laughs> not to put too many spoilers in, but it's really fun. 
And, uh, you know, I realize we've watched like five seasons of the show and we've never talked about it on here. So we're going to be talking The Expanse, which if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Try to do your best to catch up before next week when we talk about season five of the science fiction television series, The Expanse. But until then, I am one of your hosts, Thomas. I'm Amber. And this is So What Happens Next.